this is a day the Lord has made. And I'm so grateful. And I hope you are. Uh, when I was 38 years old, um, I was blessed in a lot of ways, and I'm just so, so thankful. I had my great-grandmother, my grandfather, and both my grandmothers still alive, and I was 38. Um, my great-grandmother passed away when I was 38. She was 104. She loved the Lord and was very alert until about right after she turned 100. But she loved the Lord, and she would give praise and glory and credit to Him when we would visit. And I just thought it was just a neat blessing that I got to know so many of my extended family, and especially at the age I was. My grandmother my, and grandfather lived in Charleston, um, and we used to come down. So we had a lot of, of wonderful memories. They had a little library and she had a lot of books up there, but a couple books she had, and I, I've shared before about one of the books with you guys. Um, yes, my grandmother smoked. My grandfather did, but he quit cold turkey, so we were always ragging on my grandmother. Hey, won't you quit? Papa did, and she'd be like, I'm not Papa. Um, but because she smoked, the, the books smelled like cigarette smoke, and so even today when I open that book, that I get a, just a hint of it. Um, but the, the, that's not really what I remember. What I remember is that that book, it's full of Christian illustrations and it has her underlines, her highlights, and those were things she used when she would teach Sunday school. And now I have that book, and I treasure that book. And I was flipping through it the other day um, when I was thinking about the message, and I found, and I hadn't seen it before, but it was real frail, brittle, but it was one she had cut and, and put tape on it and used it as a bookmark. But it was, I didn't bring it in here because it's, it's, it's so brittle. It felt like it'd fall apart. Uh, but on it, it had a little story. And so I looked at it, and I thought, that's good. But it, it was about two people that were, this is way back in the day in London. They went to um, Charles Spurgeon, who's the a pastor there in the, at the Tabernacle in London. And they went to, see, to the church, and they ran into one of the officials. And they said, hey, could you explain why... Uh, uh, Pastor Spurgeon has so much spiritual power. And he said, come with me. And they went down this hallway and opened a door, and it was the pastor's study. And he pointed there by the desk, and right by the desk was two worn spots where he, the pastor had been on his knees year after year in that spot. And he looked and he said, young man, that's the answer. He spent much time with God. William Newell said, kneeling is a good way to pray because it's uncomfortable. Jim Elliott, a missionary who gave his life for the Wadoni people, he said, God is still on the throne, and we're still his footstool, and there's only a knee's distance between. He also said, the saint who advances on his knees never retreats. Uh, as I was looking at... Uh, Passages. I was thinking about Psalm 76 a few weeks ago and was thinking that's where we're going. Um, as I was looking at it, I started thinking about what's the backstory. And the consensus is that it, Psalm 76 is kind of a celebration, a remembrance, a reflection of what happened to Hezekiah and to the kingdom of Judah in 2 Kings 18 and 19. We're going to be there, so if you want to get your fingers to it, 2 Kings. 18 and 19. We won't read all of it, but we're going to read some of it. Um, but, you know, when you and I spend time in the Word and we see these characters, these men and women in the Bible, 
to the top that when we hear their name, there's something comes to mind. So like Samson, we think strength. Or we hear Elijah, we think, oh, a great prophet. Same thing with the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. Some of them, they had a reputation. They had something they were known for. Some of it wasn't positive. Um, think about Solomon, we think wisdom. And we think King Josiah, we think of reforms. We think Ahaz, we think wickedness, wicked, evil. And we think Hezekiah. Hezekiah was known for his trust. Now, his father was Ahaz. So even with the bad example for sure, but probably bad upbringing, bad teaching, everything, he did not follow in his immediate father's steps. He followed the Lord. And as we're going to see, it, Scripture says he followed like his ancestor David. It bypassed Ahaz. said he followed like David. Uh, so when I think about it for us, if he was known by trust, think about it for you and me. What do we trust in? What's, what's the thing that we count on? Um, so it, it's a good question. Do we trust in our finances? Do we trust in our job? Do we trust in relationships? Do we trust in our circumstance? Do we trust in the weekend? Do we trust in the lottery? Do we trust in the government? I don't, nobody's jumping up. I trust in the government. Uh, you know, what do we trust in? We probably all say, well, the, the Sunday school answer is God, but is, do, is that true? Do we practice that? Is that who we trust in, in things, circumstances, the little things and in the great things? Is that where we go to? Is that who we lean to? Um, I think Hezekiah is a good word for us here in, in, this, in this chapter. And so just to rem, uh, recap, uh, in 2 Kings, we have 18 and 19, verse, or chapter 18, 1 through 8, is kind of a summary of Hezekiah's reign. And we're going to look at that, and then we're going to kind of jump through a little bit and get to where I want us to camp uh, at the end of the message where Hezekiah responded when he had great stress and crisis. So again, those first eight verses is a summary of his whole reign, 29 years, and then after that it's more of here were some things that were happening and then we can see what Hezekiah did and I think there's lessons in it for us. Um, so he reigned. Let's look. So 2 Kings 18. In the third year of Israel's king Hoshea, son of Elah, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, became king of Judah. So remember, it's divided kingdom now, northern kingdom, southern kingdom. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Ava, daughter of Zechariah. Verse 3, he did what was right, just as his ancestor David had done. Verse 4, he removed the high places... He shattered the sacred pillars. He cut down the Asherah poles. He broke into pieces the bronze snake that Moses made. For until then, the Israelites were burning incense to it. And it was called Nehushtan. So we, here in the, these verses, and again, the, this is a summary of his reign. We see right here his battle against idolatry. And these were the things that uh, the, the people were worshiping, that they were not following God and that the kings before him had allowed to happen, including his own King Ahaz, his own father. And when he'd stepped in, he said, enough of this. And so part of his reign was that. He was just getting rid of these things and getting them out of the way. And it was 
definitely a hindrance for them following God because they weren't. They were leaning on other things. They were worshiping other things. And Hezekiah said no. So much so, we even see the bronze serpent, the bronze snake that Moses made. We see that from Numbers, Numbers 21. And if you remember that, the people were rebelling against God. They were, you know, false worship. They were doing everything. And snakes, serpents came into the camp and they were being bitten, poisonous vipers. They were dying. And they cried out, Moses cried, and God said, make a bronze serpent, snake, put it on a staff, and if they're bitten, if they look at it, they'll recover. You fast forward here to now, and they are offering incense to this. They're not now worshiping God who used this object. And so Hezekiah had to take care of that. So we see that there in those, those verses. Um, five through eight. Okay, Hezekiah relied on the God of, of Israel. Not one of the kings of Judah was like him. Now remember, David, he said it was like him, but David was king over all Israel. Okay, but not one of the kings of Judah was like him, either before him or after him. He remained faithful to the Lord, and he did not turn from following him, but kept his commands. The commands the Lord had. Right. So we see his dependence, his trust, his reliance on God in these verses. And again, this is the big picture of Hezekiah. Um, so those two things probably are, if, if you study him, that's what it was. It was getting rid of all the things that they were worshiping, those shrines, those pillars, all that stuff. He's getting rid of that. And then he was depending on God and being a great example for his people. He wasn't a perfect man. We're going to see that. Uh, he wasn't a perfect king. But overall in his life, the Lord was pleased. And I, I think it's a great challenge for us. And I think he's going to illustrate here, what, what do you do when you're in major crisis? Okay. Um, let's pray as we, as we go. Lord God, thank you for uh, just this uh, covering and this overview of Hezekiah. And uh, Lord, we just pray that um, as your people, that we'll just continue to daily follow you. Pray that you would just encourage us in your word, that you would lead us, that you would convict us wherever we are. And, uh, Lord, that we'll be ready to respond. And, uh, Father, we just thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we see that he was relying on God, and he was trusting in him. Verse 7, I love this. The Lord was with him, and whenever he went, he prospered. He rebelled against the king of Assyria, and he did not serve him. He defeated the Philistines as far as Gaza and its borders from the watchtower to the fortified city. One of two kings that was recorded to have defeated the Philistines. The other was who? David. Okay? Uh, so those guys. So in his fourth year of his reign, and here's where we're going to kind of, we're going to go a little quick. Uh, the Assyrian king Shalmaneser came in, he invaded the northern kingdom, and he captured it. And he took the, the captives, and he hauled it, a lot of them off. Uh, now, they're down in Judah, southern kingdom, but the northern kingdom was just being run over by Assyria. Shalmaneser had taken it, besieged it, captured it. Um, scripture says, verse 12, and we kind of think back to Numbers, Numbers 21, um, but verse 12, because the, the northern kingdom, they did not listen to the voice of the Lord their God, but violated his covenant, all he had commanded Moses, the servant of the Lord. They did not listen 
and they did not obey. And there was consequences, right? Same thing for us today. When we rebel against God, when we thumb our nose at him, there's consequences. Now, there's ultimate consequences if we're not his children. If we've not been forgiven and repented and turned and trusted in Christ, then the consequences of sin and rebellion is immense. But for them, this was there. They got conquered and difficulty was coming. Ten years later, so this would be about the 14th year of Hezekiah. He'd be about a 39-year-old king at this point. Um, um, Sennacherib comes in, the next king of Assyria, and he invades Judah and begins to conquer Judah and comes in. And, he's, he's, and so Hezekiah is looking at this, and this is sobering. He's already seen what's happened above, you know, in the northern kingdom. And uh, the Assyrian king sends three guys, one being a spokesman. He says, here, go tell Hezekiah and the southern kingdom this. And so he, he kind of comes up before them and gives them the lowdown. We see that in verse 19, chapter 18. He said, the royal spokesman said to them, tell Hezekiah, this is what the great king of Assyria says. What are you relying on? You think mere words are strategy and strength for war? Who are you now relying on so that you have rebelled against me? Now look, you are relying on Egypt. That splintered reed of a staff that will pierce the hand of anyone who grabs it and leans on it. This is what Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is to all who rely on him. Suppose you say to me, we rely on the Lord our God. Isn't he the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed? Saying to Judah and to Jerusalem, you must worship at this altar in Jerusalem. Now, you see here, there's a, there's, well, there's a challenge. And there's a reminder that something that they had relied on or they trusted in that wasn't God and it failed them miserably. And that was Egypt. Egypt had a military and army. And at some point, they were like, okay, we can count on them for help. And they're reminding them, failure. The Assyrian army defeated the Egyptian army in battle. And here's the reminder. And he even s describes it. You know, we think of a staff, we think of something we use to hold or support. You know, you go hiking, you want a hiking stick. Or I've seen guys, they, they'll cut it and get it just the right length. And it supports and it's help when they're hiking, they're walking. So a staff. So he is saying... This is what Egypt was like for you, Judah. A splintered reed that you try to use as a staff, and it just broke. It wasn't supportive, and it didn't even pierce the hand. So what he's saying is, Judah, you're sunk. What you trusted in, you're toast. We've already defeated them. You're next. So sobering, sobering words. And Hezekiah and the, those that are there, they've already seen the evidence. Israel, northern kingdom has been conquered. Part of it, they've already been defeated. They're, they're being surrounded. Um, verse 23. So now make a bar bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. I'll give you 2,000 horses if you're able to supply riders for them. How then can you drive back a single officer with the least of my master's servants. How can you rely on Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Now, have I attacked this place to destroy it? 
without the Lord's approval, the Lord said to me, attack this land and destroy it. So he's basically saying, hey, I am coming here with permission. So it's, there's some mocking here. Um, but basically the Assyrians are saying, there's nobody can help you. There's no God that can help you. You're destroyed. You're in trouble. Your best bet is to surrender. And they said to him, this is what Hezekiah says, today is a day of distress. Rebuke and disgrace for children have come to the point of death and there's no strength to deliver them. Perhaps the Lord your God will hear the words of the royal spokesman from his master, the king of Assyria, sent to mock the living God. It will rebuke them for the words the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, offer a prayer for the surviving remnant. Now this is Hezekiah, and he's reaching out to Isaiah, the prophet, and he's saying, I need help. Help us. And I need, I need prayer and intercession. And I th think that's a, that's a great reminder for you and for me. When we're in crisis, when there's difficulty, it's great reaching out to those you know that pray, that love the Lord, and tell them, say, hey, hey I need you to partner with me. I need, this is what I'm facing. Can you help? Can you pray? Can you lift this? This to the Lord, I'm going to be doing it. Can you do it as well? And, and uh, Hezekiah and the people needed this. Isaiah was a prophet, and Hezekiah knew we, he needs to know he needs to be praying. And so he gets the word to him. And see Isaiah's response. He, he said, So the servants of King Hezekiah went to Isaiah, who said to them, Tell your master, the Lord says this. Be afraid because of the words you've heard, which the king of Assyria's attendants have blasphemed me. I'm about to put a spirit in him, and will he, he will hear a rumor, and he will return to his own land, where I will cause him to fall by the sword. So, Isaiah gives that word. I'm, I'm sure that had to be some encouragement for Hezekiah. And I know Hezekiah was, was seeking counsel on that too from the Lord. And you kind of get this, and we, we see here, and we're, we're in 19, one, kind of another final threat to the people. In uh, chapter 19, verse 10, say this to King Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God on whom you rely deceive you by promising that Jerusalem will not be handed over to the king of Assyria. Look, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the countries. They completely destroyed them. Will you be rescued? So that threat, that surrounding defeat is imminent or at least so the Syrians think. And Hezekiah is faced with what to do. Uh, again, this is a mighty army. They, as we see a little later, 185,000 soldiers. They're surrounded. Uh, the cities around Judah have been conquered. Jerusalem is surrounded. Um, and Hezekiah is facing this. And, and everything points to defeat. I mean, just, just about guaranteed. And, and I was thinking of and trying to think an example. And I thought, okay, you put the Carolina Panthers 
football team on a field against seventh grade middle school boys. Um, it's pretty much all of us go, it's a guaranteed beat for those seventh grade boys, if they even walk out on the field. Um, that's what Judah was facing here. Just a guaranteed defeat. And here's where I think Hezekiah gives us a lesson and a reminder for us. You know, we face crisis, we face difficulty, we face, face circumstances that sometimes can be overwhelming. I hope and for, in my life and in your life that what we're doing is what Hezekiah is going to do, that we are going to the one who can help. And there, I, when I look back over my life, when there was great stress, great difficulty, great crisis, I was finding a place in my house, usually after the kids would, would go to bed, um, and find a place where I could just get down on my knees and just cry out to God. Here's, I, I need your help. I don't know what to do here. I feel overwhelmed, but I'm coming to you. Hezekiah is going to model that for us. So let's look in chapter 19, starting in verse 14. And here's where his lesson to us is. Hezekiah took the letter. This was the threat, and they kind of put it in a form where he could hold it. Took the letter from the, those messengers that had brought it from the Assyrians and given it to Hezekiah. He read it, and then he went up to the Lord's temple, and he spread it out before the Lord. Okay? Now, this is what he did this time. Previous, under threat... Hezekiah had reached out and said, hey, can, 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 can we do something here where you will give us back off, you'll give us peace? And so Sini Jareb said, give me 11 tons of silver and a ton of gold. And we see that earlier. And so he had to go into the temple and strip gold off the doors and into the palace treasuries, and they had to pull all this gold and silver and go give it to uh, Assyria. And, of course, dealing with tyrants and bullies didn't last, did it? They, were, they weren't appeased, and next thing you know, they're back again, and this time surrounding and threatening. But this time, he doesn't go in to take treasure. He goes in, and he's, he's, now he's in a place where he needs to be. He's going, and he's, he's taking it to the Lord. So Hezekiah, verse 15, said he prayed before the Lord. The Lord God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you are God and you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You made the heavens and the earth. Listen closely, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Hear the words that Sennacherib has sent to mock the living God. Lord, it is true that the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but made by human hands, wood and stone. So they have destroyed them. Now, Lord our God, please save us from his power, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, Lord, are God, you alone. So my son, uh, oldest son, was a, in a church in North Carolina, and his pastor uh, Tony Morita had this, and I thought this is great because if Hezekiah is known for trust, and that's what we want, he, he had an acronym here the, for us, um, and I think it goes great, and I think Hezekiah models this. If you think trust, uh, T, take it to the Lord, okay, take it to the Lord, and then R, recognize the greatness of God, 
and then U, unload the problem to God, and then S, seek the help of God, and then T, treasure the greatness of God. And I think for Hezekiah in these, these verses, he did just that, okay? Take it to the Lord. He says he took it, he read it, he went to the Lord's temple, and he spread it out before the Lord and said, here it is, Lord. You know, Scripture says we're supposed to take our burdens to the Lord, take, take them to God. Hezekiah's doing that here. Again, they're surrounded, there's great threat, and he goes, okay, God, you alone are the one to help us. So I'm, I'm ta- here it is. And then R, recognize the greatness of God, and he does that. He, he says, Lord God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you are God, you alone. All the kingdoms of the earth, you made the heavens and the earth. Uh, so he does this. For me, and Acts is kind of where I, I model when I'm praying. Uh, A-C-T-S, A, Acts, adoration. So when I'm coming, I, I, want, I just want to start with, God, who are you? And I'm praying, and I'm praising him for it. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. Uh, he's holy. He's eternal. So I'm, I'm taking that time, adoration, and then uh, A-C, confession. So then I'm wanting to confess my sins. And um, I'm just I'm trying to be transparent. I'm trying to think through. Okay, here it is, God. So I'm confessing. And then T, thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for forgiveness. Thank you for your son, Jesus. And, and then S, supplication. So when I'm wanting to lift prayer, prayer request to God. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I think Hezekiah, that's what he's doing here too. So he's, he's got his problem, but he, he is giving great glory to God for his greatness, his awesomeness, his all power, his presence, his presence in Hezekiah's life and in the kingdom. Okay. You unload the problem to God, 16, 17, 18. Listen closely, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Hear the words Sennacherib has sent to mock the living God. Lord, it is true the kings of Assyria have devastated the nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire, for they were not gods made by human hands but wooden stones. So the things the other nations were relying on, uh, they're false gods, powerless and they were overwhelmed, and he's acknowledging that. Um, but, and they've been, they were destroyed. And so Hezekiah's saying, that's what's happened around here, but Lord, we're looking to you. We're trusting you. We're relying on you. We need you. And so take your pro- problems to the Lord. Okay, S, seek the help of God. And that's obviously what he's doing. Now, Lord God, verse 19, please save us from his power so that all the kings of earth may know. Okay, so, God, I need your help. We, we're in desperate need. There's nothing else to lean on, nothing else to, to support us. We need you. Okay, T, treasure, the greatness of God, treasure it. Okay, and what a blessing for us today, because in the Old Testament, when they knew the, of the Messiah, they died, those, those followers of God, they died with the promise that a Messiah was coming. We... And lives today, and what what glorious knowledge that we have that we've seen God's answer that all goes all the way back to Genesis, His providing for the enemy that surrounds you and me, sin and death. But praise to God, He provided a way through Christ Jesus Amen. that we could be forgiven. So treasure that, treasure the greatness of God, and so that the Lord, you Lord, our God, you alone. So I think he's, he has modeled this for us. And facing great threat, 
And probably a lot of us, we, and maybe that's when we do, when it's finally so bad, we've already tried everything we could do to get, figure our way out of a circumstance or asked everybody who might could help and now I can't help, now we're coming to God. How, how much more would we be people that first thing we do is we go to God? Again, it's great to ask for prayer warriors, people to partner with us, to join with us in praying and, and help and work through us to help someone. Um, but as people, our first thing is we need to go to God because we know ultimately he's the one that can help. He's the one we need to be uh, walking close with and trusting in. And that was Hezekiah, known for trust, and that's what he was doing. Now, what happened? He's laid this all out. He's praised God. He's given glory to God and the greatness of God. What happened? They're surrounded, 185,000 strong, overwhelmingly facing defeat. But I, Isaiah's encouragement that we see in Scripture, and God answered. Verse 35, that night the angel of the Lord went out and he struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when the people got up the next morning, they were all the dead bodies. And so King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp, left, returned home, and lived in Nineveh. And it goes on to say he was worshiping in the temple of a false god when he died by the sword as Isaiah said, by his own two, two of his sons. God answered Hezekiah's prayer and answered the, the prayers of his people in Judah. And God is at work um, even today and so faced with difficulty and circumstances. And in some seasons in our life, it, it can feel overwhelming. Other times it may be we're kind of in a in a place where it feels at peace and, it, and we're in a good place. But regardless, we should be people that are uh, seeking God and trusting him in everything. And I, I love just that picture of Spurgeon wearing out two places in his carpet right by his desk where he was going to the Lord daily and trusting in God daily. And so I think for, for us, it's... A, it's, it's a powerful illustration here that Hezekiah said to, to go and trust. And that's what we say, repent of sin, trust in what Christ did on the cross so that you and I could be forgiven, could be redeemed, could be rescued. And then that enemy that surrounds us was, would be, was defeated on the cross. And so... Repent and trust in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we um, as we pause, we we are once again we are in awe of you, a holy God who needs nothing, but created the universe, made us. And knowing that as humanity we would choose to rebel, but you had a, you provided a way of salvation, fulfilled in the life, death, and resurrection of your only Son Jesus. And so, Lord, we give thanks for that incredible display and grace and mercy and compassion when we, helpless 
and in facing wrath because of our rebellion and sin. Um, just like in Numbers, Lord, they were dying because of poisonous vipers, but a way was provided when they could just look at the bronze snake, and if they were bitten, they would be recovered, they would be healed. Lord, for us that covered and, and, and surrounded by sin, we look to the cross and Jesus and repent and we can be forgiven and be recovered, be rescued. And so, Lord, help us as we uh, spend this day, this week, uh, that whatever we're facing, Lord, that we would come before you, that we would trust you and that we would rest in whatever happens because you're in control. And uh, we, we, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.